Welcome to Inside the Agency. I'm your host, Michelle Govan. I'm your co-host, Nicole Shawcross. I just wanted to know how you guys came about wanting to do this. And I mean, I know everyone, that was like the, the pandemic trend. Uh, but then is this something you guys decided to do to be creative or is it something you're doing it because you want to send a message or what is it? So what started Alex is I was wanting to reach out and, and be proactive during this time. And I started calling acting coaches saying, look, if you want an agent to come on your webinars or zoom meetings or zoom coachings, I'd love to come on. And yeah. I started getting this flutter of attention of, can you come on this one, this one, this one? I started doing them and they were amazing. I got to meet 60, 70, 80, hundred actors at a time that would come forward, either audition for me or ask me questions. And I'm like, wow, this feels amazing to have this communication and kind of spread the positivity. Oh. And then I was invited to do a podcast because of something I said on one of the Zooms. And I was like, why aren't we podcasting? And I happened to have bought the domain name the first week into lockdown without knowing what I wanted to do with it. So it was this really cool, I don't know, hurricane of events that kind of just threw it together. That's amazing. I love it too, because I find, I have a lot of friends that are actors. I'm new into the agent side of things, seeing the more behind the scenes. And I find there's sometimes this big disconnect between actors and agents, considering the relationship that we need to have to work together. So actors start chatting and they have a different message and then I'm and then they talk to me and I'm like, oh no, no, this is what's happening. So it's a really great way to communicate too with actors and give them an insight to what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, but these actors, I mean, in our business, this is this is certainly on the talent side, the lit side's been extremely strong. You know, I mean, we mm -hmm. have a very strong lit side, they're all working like crazy because they're yeah. buying content. Um, and that's a positive sign for the actors. As I tell them in two, three, four, yeah, longer months uh, from now, because guess what? There's going to be you know shitload of content. It's going to be so a big surge. It's going to be yeah. a huge surge, and they're yeah. buying, buying, buying on the lit side. So that's been helpful to us. Yeah. But on the actor side, you know, and you have seen the actors been a lot more. Uh, I don't know about you, but some of them that you wouldn't think are productive have been productive. Have yeah. you know, kind of you look at my short. You know, where they all do the short films, but. You know, the short films where it's actually really well done and they've been creative and they've done that in isolation, but then they've done it on Zoom as a film. And, you know, it's been impressive to me. And I think that's been the, the right thing for the actor to do. But I think as far as um, actors that have kind of lost the plot as such, because like everyone else have a, what am I, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with the work? What's going to happen to me? Um, and, you know, let's be honest, this Hollywood is a... Uh, affected industry to say the least. I'm being recorded, so I've got to be careful. You want me to be? You want me to say everything? But I, I, I uh, want you to be. This isn't Howard Stern, for Christ's sake, right? Um, <laughs> you but, know, I it's it, I have no problem if you want to swear. I want you to be yourself. Like the I'm whole reason we it. wanted to do this, and the reason I also wanted you up front, Alex, is because you are one of the most effective managers I know. You're the most honest manager i know i'm very blunt not very nice but blunt. by the way you, you can nice be a little harsh but super nice personally but a real prick when it comes to the work side but that's okay because you know what i've got to say it the way it is and i can't not with you michelle mm -hmm. but i have no time in this industry for what i would call idiots let's put it frankly i i think it's you know 
they t- in this business, we have an opportunity to change things and to be positive and to be pr- creative. And especially now, this is the one time with the material that they're going to pick to make over the next two, three, four years when things start picking up. Mm-hmm. This will be the most important time for people who are depressed at home, people that are, you know, I'm talking about the general public, people who have gone through it, lost everything, you know, gutted on their jobs. Maybe someone's been sick with this. Um, And the entertainment is going to be more than that. It's going to be transformative and healing and good. And I think this is the one time that we can actually do something that isn't fluff. That's just entertainment to make a difference to the future of people watching and trying to escape from this, right. To get out of it. Now you hope they don't do too much fucking prod, you know, things about the coronavirus and (laughs) everything is in the world of coronavirus. You hope that it will be an escape from that because otherwise if we're just going into another depressing reality, and this is the problem with the business, they make things which we all are forced to like, which is not necessarily entertainment the last few years, which is, no, it's God, that was so depressing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but have and you noticed like, that- Isn't it great? You know, and you're like, no. Yeah. You know, but you're like, yes, but no. You have to say yes. But didn't you yeah. notice a few breakdowns that came out a month ago were, of course, like Adam Sandler, Billy Madison, like the comedies. I think the musicals are going to come out. Everything to do with rom-coms. I'm hoping we're going to go on a lighter, fluffier note for a bit, and then we'll probably hit- We'll tell the stories that matter. We'll tell the stories that are darker from this time. I have no doubt that it's going to be, I can tell you right now that the romantic comedy is coming back. In fact, I know for a fact, and I shouldn't say this, but I'm just saying anyway, that there's a fantastic, that Julia Roberts is returning to romantic comedy. I'll leave you at that. So in a big way. Thank God. Yeah. We need so, Meg Ryan back too. Bring her yeah, back. Yeah, absolutely. We need all the mains. Yeah. People want fluff. Sandra Bullock. How have your actors handled this? Let's be blunt. Let's just hope that we won't have to mention names. We've had a lot of actors, like you said, get really creative. And I'm, I love seeing their creativity come out during this time. Um, We've I've noticed done, a, done something just to keep connected. So we were doing zoom calls or happy hours just to try and stay connected and keep them up to date on what's happening. We'd send them links of resources just to help stay connected yeah. Um, I found our actors to be really calm. I thought for the first time in my life, I've never seen actors so calm, but I think it was because there was no, there was no FOMO. There was no fear missing out. Well, it was like the everybody's was no in the jealousy same boat. right now. Right. No jealousy. It's, it's nice to know that the rest of the world, all the actors, the performers are in the same boat for the first time in their life. So I, it, it was a nice, it's, I can't say it's been a nice time. It's been a brutal time, but it's, it was nice to see that actors understood that there was nothing that could be done during well, this time. I also think they live in creative. a certain world of insanity all year round, anyway. So for them, they were kind of like, eh, yeah, another, <laughs> you know, yeah, the pandemic, yeah, whatever. I mean, whereas we would always sit behind the desk, and we're all crazy too. Let's be honest. That anyone in Hollywood works in Hollywood, you've got to be a little bit screw loose. But we would sit behind our desk screaming and shouting all day. And then for us to slow down, it probably affected us more than for the actors who are always sitting at home anyway half the time waiting yeah, for, waiting next for the phone to ring. So it's yes. like, what's the difference? You know what I mean? The only difference is, is they couldn't have their wild socializing going on. But I think that was good for them. And I think that is going to make their acting layered as we move forward. Because they well, I think it was this. good for us too. I think a lot of us needed to, to sit back and have a moment to process what we do and, and decide if this is something that we really want, how we want to work, how we want to be moving forward. I know it definitely changed us. We're redoing our logo. We're redoing our website. We're launching a podcast. I decided to really dive into creativity because I'm on my own. Is that your cell phone going off like a madman? 
I keep oh ringing the ping ping. I'm so sorry. That's outrageous. I can't <laughs> yeah, even I know. see that. You Alex is still busy. Man. He's still on that phone. <laughs> well, and oh speaking of that, Alex, I do, I love the banner, but I do want to talk to you about, you know, Elevate Entertainment, your company in Los Angeles, how I think you and I have now worked together 12 years. I think we're hitting a milestone. A long time. And you are the one. She, Michelle's always had the eye for the talent. Okay. I'm going to give you that. She just knows a mile off who's right. And annoyingly so she's right every time <laughs> it really annoys me because you're cocky as fuck but you actually come across as damn right all the time so i as another egotistical prick it comes across as like shit she's beating me on that one but you're really good and and the canadian side of things you know you pick the talent you know who's right you know it's not fluff and you're yeah. very rarely wrong so we have worked together for 12 years and yeah. you gave us that leaf of faith initially how did we meet Sorinda. That's what I was going to talk to you about is like your start, but we can talk about our start, but it was Sarinda. You were after Sarinda Swan and you reached out to me and you took us to a swanky restaurant in Beverly Hills, you know, showing us your peacock feathers, showing us how proud and amazing you are. And it's, it's been a wild ride since. And now I think we share four clients, five clients. Yeah, and we've shared more over the years. Listen, you, yeah. some of them, are, I'll be completely honest, some of them don't work, as we know, in this business, yeah. and they move yeah. on or we move on from them. But we've yeah. had more than four over 12 years. And, oh, yeah, four right now. I mean, <laughs> I and we have four wonderful clients right now. I mean, Surrender yeah. is amazing, and you know, we're not going to start shouting them all out, but they're all wonderful clients. How did I start my business? I started this yeah. business as an actor. Um, and this is what I love. Nicole does not know this. <laughs> and I started in the UK as a child actor growing up there. And mm. I was singing opera at the Royal Opera House. Like it looked ridiculous as like eight years old. And my mother put me into that. And then I was in the West End starring in a show called Me and My Girl, which is a very cockney musical, but it's fun, super full of life. And, uh, I played uh, the young kid who was the lead in that. And then after a while, I got older, became a teenager. And my father's a traditional English Victorian dad who's older. He was like, okay, enough of this nonsense. Time to get back into business. Now you've had your hobby. Um, now you're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be a businessman. And my response was, no, I really like the arts, you know, like that. And he was like, oh, God, you know, I'm going to send you to college to get out of England and the state of sea. And I'm going to send you to college in Washington, D.C., in America. And I thought to myself, sweet. So off I went. <laughs> and all it was doing really was going west, uh, closer to Hollywood, which he didn't realize. So the moment I finished my degree there, I didn't go back. He's like, are you coming back now to, to work with me? And I was like, no, I'm going to keep going. And I went this way. And the way my first movie I did, I'll show you a funny story. So this is your like this. So... I did go back briefly to London to pack up before I was moving west to try and make it out here as an actor. And I had a knock on the door at the time. And my parents were, I was staying at my parents' house after college before I moved out here. And I had a knock on the door and they have a very nice house in London. And I knock on the door and uh, there's a guy there with a white beard and two suits. And the white beard guy has got jeans on and the two suits are standing next to him. And I was like, what is this? And he said, look, my name is Charles Shire. I'm a director. And this is so-and-so and so-and-so. And they're executives from Disney. And I said, oh, that's amazing. That's wonderful. And he said, uh, yeah, um, we've lost a location for a film we're shooting here. It's a remake of a movie that was done in the 60s called The Parent Trap. Would you like, uh, would you be interested in using your house? It's just a great location for us. Could we look around and maybe, I know it's a bit guerrilla style, but could we come in and is there, are you open to something like that? And my parents weren't there, but of course this was my entree into Hollywood. So I was like, come on in. So <laughs> I, brought, I brought him in and he, uh, they sat down. And by the end of the time that 
he left and I was in so much shit. I negotiated the price on them filming for two weeks in the house. For the, they were going to gut the house, take everything out, you know, move things in. You know what it's like. And, um, and I said, and I want to be, not only do I want to be in the movie, it doesn't have to be a big part, but I want to learn from you and I'll work on the whole movie with you as one of your senior peers. So he said, fine, done. So I had that deal made just by people turning up at my house. It was Amazing. fake. Yeah. Um, and of course, my father came in and he said, well, you can fuck off. Uh, but you're not <laughs> using my house, so they're going to ruin it. And again, you're driving me nuts with this silly thing you, you want to do. And I said, okay, fine. So I called up. Charles and I said, and Charles had directed Father of the Bride movies, the Private Benjamin movies, um, everything, you name it. He'd done all these great talk about rom-coms and comedies of that era. And he said, look, um, I said, I screwed up, but do you admire my confidence here and my ambition? And he said, fine, you can still have your part and you can still be the assistant to me on the movie. And mm -hmm. that's what happened. And I ended up filming for eight weeks, half in London and another house and half in um in uh, Napa, where they filmed it. If you remember, it was Lindsay Lohan, it was the twins. And half was in Napa and wine country, and half of it was here, um, yeah. I mean, London. And so that's what I did, and that's how I started. When the movie came out, and I had acted, and thought I was such a great actor, and it was a tiny part, <laughs> I went back to London for the London premiere of it, with the, because they invited me to go, because I was English, and I went with the director, obviously, and they had a premiere here and a premiere there. And I'm sitting at the Odeon Royal Theatre in Leicester Square, and right behind us was the Queen because it was a black tie premiere. She was there, <laughs> of course the and Queen she was like two behind. Around. No, she was two behind us, and okay. the director looks over at me as my bit comes on, and he goes, he looks at me, and goes, "God, you're a shitty actor." like that and I'm like this I'm like what and I was that really young and I was like what do you mean and I'm like tapping on the shoulder what did you mean like that and he goes I'll tell you later I'll tell you later he goes we dubbed your voice over for this part he said because your voice was terrible the way you did and I was like really like that and so he said to me at the time why don't you screw this okay you understand it from the actor's perspective because you're one of the few people in the business that represent that came from a creative side but why don't you represent them instead and my first reaction was as an actor oh that's greasy hollywood agent no don't want to do that he said well you're gonna have to work <laughs> your way up you have to work your way up the mail room and make it work for you um if you want to do it and i said no i don't want to he goes listen let me tell you something right now you're not going to act in this town it's going to be a waste of time you're going to be the cheesecake factory in jeans okay <laughs> i love it serving, i love it serving food he said so m let me get you in and you train and that's how it started and i trained and i worked my way up from the ghost agency in the mail room to icm as an agent and then from an agent realized that agents here not there in england they operate like they do in canada where the agents agencies are smaller on purpose more targeted and you know you can get the client on the phone you can have them in the office they operate like managers right right here it's like a factory so you know you don't even know who other clients are so i didn't like that so they said you should be a manager if you don't want to do this and i said all right i'm going to do that and I moved to one of the biggest management firms in Hollywood at the time called The Firm. The Firm is where the Gersh Agency is right now. And that place was a factory. It was as big as the agency. I was looking around, I was like, what the hell is the difference? What are they paying for? 10% for the manager and 10% for the agent. What, what is, and, and being that I was still kind of, you know, creative and actor, wannabe actor, why, why would they pay, what's the difference? Like that. Yeah. And they said, oh, well, the managers produce and, the agents get you other people's job done here and you need both because you need a manager to police the agency. And I looked around and I was like, 
but their list is as big as the agency. Well, how are they able to micromanage? And it's the same problem at the agency. Mm-hmm. So I made a point when I left there to start a company that wasn't Elevate or to partner with people that really wanted to manage and distinguish themselves and do something different for the client, but also not get fired because you're expendable, right? As a representative, if you don't prove yourself, it's either going to be the manager or the agent's going to go, which one's it going to be? Sometimes both. So for me, (laughs) I didn't want to be on the blacklist. I wanted to be on the, on the, frankly, I wanted the other one to get fired, not me. I mean, that's the truth. You know, you got survival of the fittest is a business. And in this weird business down here, most good places, the agents or the managers don't let make the client sign a contract, which to any other business in the world is the most stupid thing in the world. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's like, why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? It's a business relationship. Well, because that shows insecurity. So it took a while for me to understand that you really are operating, you know, kind of, you know, you hunt what you kill. Just so you know, in Canada, we are responsible to have contracts. It's part of our licensing that now we have to have our actors sign to the contracts. Kind of just so much more civilized. I'd tell you something. If I, and I'm the biggest germaphobe. And if I could get over that fucking border right now, I would be there. Okay. I've already you have talked, to come I've already, I'm already looking to New Zealand and Australia. I'm doing everything. I'm seriously, because if this yeah. continues, I'm scared to go outside. There are 2,000 cases today. And one day, I, want to, I don't want to go out there. Alex, so, it's time to apply for your Canadian residency. I bet you could get it. You I would with a British passport. I should be able to easier. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, a couple of our clients have gotten it, I think for sure. Well, no, look, I mean, I love that you've just been super frank about what you experienced. And this is why over the years, you know, I have placed my clients with you. I normally recommend agents over managers. And, you know, prime example with Alvina August, when we had agents that were wanting her, I went, no, I know the only person that's going to get you where you need to be is Mr. Cole. Oh so. my God. And I love Miss Govan. And I tell you something, <laughs> is that a French, obviously it's a French name, right? Yeah. I need to change that. No, That's it's from so nice. the past. <laughs> no, it's so nice. And Nicole, how did you guys get together and do this? I was also an actor many, many moons ago, oh. more in theater. Right. I ended up getting into fashion for about 13 years and I needed a break. So my friend who I went to college with was represented by Michelle and he told, he mentioned to Michelle, cause she was looking for an assistant. And I said, I, I frick, I can do that. That should be fine. I have a lot of transferable skills. <laughs> uh, so I actually came in as a reader for him to do a self tape and we did the intro that way. Yeah. And then it was a quick thing of, you seem cool. You want to come in and do a test day. So I gave her a test run. We hit it off and it's been almost four years. The two most smartest girls in in Vancouver, for sure, and probably in Canada in the business, and also uh, the two prettiest. (laughs) You are. Flattery will get you everywhere. You're like sisters. (laughs) Nicole has better hair. I don't know. Michelle, take the wig off. Oh, you're so funny. Okay, well, listen, I think a lot of the listeners want to know what you look for in a client and how you distinguish, other than knowing my eye and trusting my judgment. I do other actors applying to you and what really catches your eye? Is it demo, look, personality, vibes? Well, I mean, look, I think for you as well, I mean, it can't, here's the thing. When you get how many actors, and I feel bad for them, are really good that came out of school, they're training, they did this. And next thing you know, you get you know, those unsolicited emails, not, and, and as a representative, we feel bad because we kind of immediately turn them away where we don't represent people that aren't referred to us. Mm-hmm. So for me, 
it, it, down here, I think it does make a difference. Although it's very tempting being an actor that I'm looking at those, when I get a picture across my email, whereas other colleagues would delete it. I'll have a quick look if it looks like it's not fluff. And it's like, you know, I had an MF, uh, you know, graduated from this drama school in this part of the world. I've just arrived here and I have anyone. Yeah, I, I like that because they've got training. It doesn't mean I look at it and do anything about it. But I, you asked what I'm looking for in a client. Were they trained? Have they just come off the streets and say, I want to be an actor? Is it just a look which doesn't do it anymore? In the old days, it did. In the old days, you could learn the acting later and focus on the look now because yes. that's what it was. The it days wasn't. of early CW and all that stuff when it was just about the look. You know, yes. that doesn't exist anymore. Now it's more about, especially now moving forward, and no matter how light the material gets, the acting better be damn good after this pandemic. It always had to be good recently. Now after this, may the best man or woman win because every actor has been out of work for so long. So everyone's going to be grabbing stuff. So now the competition becomes fiercer. So for me, it's about, do they have the training? Have they got that kind of thing where you can't take your eyes off them and what they're doing? The and also not, yeah. Ju yeah, not just the acting, but like mm -hmm. when you speak to them, are you engaged them? Are you bored in two seconds? Because right. if you're bored in two seconds, it's nothing personal. It's just, I don't know. I have to go by my gut. I don't know if I'm going to watch you on a TV show or a film for two months. <laughs> if you can't engage in me in a meeting. If you can't keep me in two yeah. seconds, right? Yeah. And then you can, can you really, you and, then, and then when you do that self-tape, let's be honest, Michelle, when you do that self-tape, you know, when you first look at their stuff, um, you, you know, I'll make sure and give them something that's pretty heavy duty um, to make sure that they can pull it off and I'll know what I'm looking for. And if they blow my socks off, it's, all you can do is go with your gut and think of yourself as somewhat of as a tastemaker in this business. Because again, this is me pulling back on the arrogance here. <laughs> what training do I what training do I have? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a surgeon. I'm not a lawyer. I didn't go to school specifically and get an MFA. I don't have a, a title in front of me. This is just, it's a bit like a, you know what else annoys me is it's a bit like, sorry, I digress. It's a bit <laughs> like go. fucking critics, all right, that decide that what is good and what's bad. Have you seen what those critics look like and what qualifications do they have? <laughs> okay. A lot of the critics are at home, you know, you know, with uh, living with mom and dad and, you know, I, I, I <laughs> in the basement. Weird, yeah. Basically like sharpening a saw and things. It's not, <laughs> what, who says that they know what's right. No one knows what's right, but the point no, of I the matter, it. right. But the point of the matter is that's the role that we've been dealt. So it's yeah. our job, I guess, to step in and say, well, I guess we know what we're talking about. Do we, I don't know. I go you know on instincts. I am the same. Yeah. You have to impress me or you have to almost, catch me off guard. I want to yeah. be so engaged or amazed with someone. And it, it, Nicole's seen this. I will invite someone to come into a meeting that I have a good feeling about. The moment they walk in the door, those first three seconds, if I'm excited, I'll completely engage in their eyes and lock in. If I don't, Nicole knows, if I put my head down and start looking at my emails, the, the meeting's over. The meeting's I over and the person has the sat down. I know it's over. <laughs> We, we all know pretty quickly it's because we've yeah. seen people and it's a gut feeling and you especially have had that eye, Michelle. Now, star quality. The, the, I'm looking you, for that star you quality. You really have it and you do have a little bit of ADD so it takes a lot for you to focus. <laughs> and, and me too. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, you do though. But so, so they better like smack you like a truck. You know what I mean? Yeah. When they see you. Um, but once they're in the family, let's be honest, once they're in the family, there's that moment as a rep where, and I think this distinguishes a good rep and a bad rep is you immediately think that's your new fresh blood, right? Oh my God. It's I've family. It's amazing. And you like, want to sell them and sell them. Yeah. And 
push them out and you're, oh my God, I've got this amazing new client. Look at her, look at him and send out their stuff. And, and that enthusiasm, that passion sells it. The key to it and the hardest thing for me and for any rep is can you keep that passion on day one and two years from later, you know? And, 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 yes. and does the new one come along, trump that other client? You have to make sure that the list that you have as a rep is small enough that you can still keep that passion. Because if you can't, then they're just another name on the page. It's a disservice to them. Right. And, and it's not just, the, other than the passion, that relationship has to grow. I find yeah. the longer I work with someone, hopefully we're, I'm going to use your name or your company, we're elevating their career. We're moving forward. If that relationship gets stagnant, so does their career. We have to always be that team working together, generating that energy constantly. So I totally agree. You're 100% right. And, and, and it goes down to the team you're working with. How many representatives in this town and in your town and everyone else that you share with that you kind of roll your eyes that it's not, it, more than not, it's not a marriage that works well behind the scenes with the team. The mm-hmm. team usually is inherited. It's not picked. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, you know, we get it from an a, a client from an agent. You know, uh, we find out that a client's met another agent uh, without us knowing and she loves them and because her friends represented there. And so we have to say, of course, if you like them, you go there. It doesn't mean, you, it's, it's super important for that sync to be there, right? Between, right. Like, for, between the teammates, if there is, and usually more than not, there is a manager and an agent. If it's not there, then you're constantly, as a rep, kind of operating in your own world selfishly, trying to protect your relationship with the client because you don't trust the other person. That's just me yeah. speaking my mind. No, so for it's sure. it's super important for us. Everyone knows that, but no one will mention that. Let's be honest. That is what happens. So those yeah. few clients, like with you, Michelle, and with a few select people down here that I've actually managed to know that the team is a dream team, that's when the client does well because you actually are on the same boat and the, and the mission is clear. It's not about yourself. It's about them. You can well, let your guard down. I think that's super important. That's one of my favorite words. I was almost made fun of from one of our first episodes because I said super important. So when you said it a couple of times, I'm like, see, we're on the same team. We're thinking the same way. No, the passion has to be within the relationship of the agent and client or manager and client. And then the joint team of manager, agent, or even agent, agent, manager. And Again, when that energy is strong and when everybody works well together and that passion is there for that client, magic happens. But if there is a disconnect somewhere along the line, whether it's between one client and one part of the team or part of the team, you know, there's a fallout. It it doesn't benefit the client. So speaking of clients, you have some amazing ones and I know you've walked the Oscars carpet before. So we want to talk about some of your amazing wins. Oh my God. I'll be honest with you. We haven't won. Damn it. Uh, yes, but you've been there and Jackie yeah. Weaver's been nominated. Yeah. I've been to a Jackie incredible. Weaver twice. Uh, we, we did, um, I first met Jackie Weaver and it was a little movie called, uh, at the time, it was a little movie called Animal Kingdom. It came out about 10 years ago, Australian indie. And, you know, it had great younger actors in it. It had, you know, Ben Mendelsohn, all the best of Australia, Joel Edgerton, you name it, they were all in it. Um, uh, and these new young kids that Louise Ward were representing that they were introducing at the time into the film. And a few people have passed me the film before it got here and they said, oh, what, what do you think of this movie? And I watched it and I said, who is that older lady? And that's, oh, that's Jackie Weaver. She's like a, a staple in Australia. But what do you think of the young guys like that? Yeah. And I remember saying, 
they're great, but the woman's part is the one that steals it. It's just creepy, dark mob story, and she just stole it, and it gave me the shivers. And I said, that woman is the, again, going back to my actor roots, it was about who did the best performance. I don't care whether they're man, woman, you know, dog, horse. I don't give a shit at what age. It's about who is gonna, who's got my attention, and that's what makes a, gr- a film great. And she mm-hmm. did. And so I basically went and signed her very quickly, and everyone was after these guys, and then cut to she gets nominated for the Oscar and she was the only one that did. So it was a new relationship. So when I turned up at the Oscars, I'd only represented for about sort of five months and she was this very prestigious actor from um, Australia. And so she was new to the States. And so going there, I felt a bit like a cheat uh, because I was like, why do I get to go to the Oscars with her? Because of course her husband at the time was over in Australia and was an actor himself and couldn't make it. So I was by default her date. But that's something that you earn. That's not something that you just say, all right, Oscars, fourth row, you're in. You know what I mean? I just love the photo of you to the right, I think you were. It was Jackie in front and your little smiles on the right. (laughs) That was the second one. That was Silver Lining's playbook. Yeah, you didn't see me on camera in that one, but that was Silver Lining's playbook when I did earn it because I booked her that movie and uh, she did a very good job. Yeah, and they said you're going to be on the third row next to Robert De Niro on the left and Jennifer Lawrence on the right. And I, I was like, oh my God, camera seats. And then I'm sitting there and looking, I'm not in camera seats, but I'm at the end. Right. And so the cameras are right through the whole, the aisles. And I just remember getting the, the vibration on the text when the camera went on me and I thought, oh shit. Yes, it is true. When they did the bit, when they go and the nominees are and they focused on her, yes. I did kind of go. I love that you scouted her. I mean, obviously she was already well known, but I yeah. love that you identified her as the person you wanted to go with. I think a lot of people listening are thinking they have to be young. They have to be, you know, CW, not at all guys. We're looking for something special, something unique. Mm. And Jackie, I, I, I've always, star, so. I've always signed based on, and to my fault, I think sometimes I've always signed based on who floats my boat as, as a creative. And yeah. I think these days, especially that's becoming more and more useful because as you said, Michelle, it's not CW looking, by the way, good looking is great. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not being, yeah. you know, you know, I, I, but my point is if you haven't got the chops to go with it, then there's no point getting into it anymore because right. the sort of shows that they're making that are just fluff. No one's going to watch and no one's going to respect you from anymore. Um, yes. It is not. I mean, it's got to be something that you're acting almost supersedes your look. And let's mm-hmm. be honest, these days, the more off the look, the better. A hundred percent. This is the way it is, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so no, I did the Oscars. That was fun. I've done the Golden Globes. I've done, we then got into business with some very big writers, like the Taylor Sheridans of the world who uh, did Yellowstone and has, you know, taken off from there and has done, some very large movies ever since. And as so went to the Oscars with him. Um, and he's now, I think number four in Hollywood, as far as one of the biggest writers in, in Hollywood. So we're, and Congratulations. Now, so we're happy about him as well. Thank you. And um, that brings me to the next point. If you guys are wondering what's going on down here with the filming, when's everything going to get back to work? Cause there's all this confusion. Um, I think realistically, you're going to start to see some things go in mid-August at the earliest. And case in point, you know, we're hoping that Yellowstone, the next season, will be able to go in mid-August. Again, though, the reason that might happen is because they're going to be isolated filming where they film in Montana. So, you know, why wouldn't they? But that shows you if that's the ones that are going in mid-August, that the most of them will go in mid-September. Mid-September. Soap operas have started this week in Los Angeles. So they're kind of the guinea pig because they have smaller casts. Are they? Yes, they started this week. We have a client on a contract world, bold and beautiful. We actually closed it the day we went into lockdown. My client was, close this now. 
And so <laughs> me and the producer were laughing because every day we would connect, connect and we would talk about how this was the only contract role that we think we'd ever closed during a pandemic. And we were almost cheersing each other over the phone that we did this and closed but this. Tell me the truth because I'm fascinated, genuinely fascinating. How are they doing that? Because I know they just got approved, but how are they handling the set? They're having a very small group of cast members mm-hmm. that are allowed to do one week at a time. So it's, I believe it's only eight allowed on set plus their crew. Mm. And the crew will be minimal too, probably. Right, right. But it's interesting. So my client was supposed to start this week. He's now being pushed to the second week because they're putting them in groups A, B, C. Right. And then they test them all the time. Yes. Yes. And then they have to kind of, when they're working, they have to go home at night and stay home. Right. There's no going out. Yeah, exactly. No going out. I am out. Sequestered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we also heard, I got word that Flash is returning to Vancouver late August. So if we- Let me tell you something. Everything is going in Vancouver. From That's what we're hearing. They're calling it Hollywood North. That's going to be the new- no, there wasn't the new. It was always filmed there, everything, but mm-hmm. a lot of things. But now they're saying that's going to be either productions will be moved there that weren't already there. Or the hot spot. Or yeah. they're just changing location on a film that they thought was going to film in New Orleans and now it's going to film there. And if you read, there was an interesting article in um, that Ryan Murphy put out yesterday on Deadline, a big Q&A. He's mm-hmm. moved up there a couple of days ago to go through the two-week quarantine, get the special right. visa. Yes. Now he's in the quarantine in the little apartment, or the, I'm sure it's not little, but the apartment he's renting. <laughs> the large apartment. The large apartment. And then he will start doing two films back to back there. He never planned to film in Canada, but that's the only way he can get going. I think yeah. that's going to happen for a while. It's going to do good things for the Canadian economy and for the Canadian so. world. Well, Toronto, yeah, unfortunately, world. Quebec and Ontario are not doing well. BC, we don't know. We don't know if we had some kind of herd immunity and that we've been microdosing on COVID since last November, October, because we have such a large Asian population and we have such a large expat population. So they actually think there's some bizarre reason why we're not affected like the rest of the world. That's right. So, but hey, come on down. We're ready for you. I am. I, I would, by the way, if you could somehow genuinely, you know, I'm a germaphobe. If you can genuinely get me in there, I would come tomorrow. <laughs> I am so scared to go anywhere. And my wife is like, you know, don't you think we could get a, I, I got to get a haircut. This is ridiculous. Like that. I might look at my extensions are falling out. And I said, I'll pull them out. I don't give a shit. You're not going. That's the way it is. I'm over the top. I, I would normally be in Europe for the summer on a vacation. I'm not going to do that. I have a rented, I've rented a house on the beach. I'm moving into it next week for a month, 40 minutes away by car. Nice. Is it and Malibu? Gonna, it is. And I'm going to oh, sit, sit no. there for a month and just, and it's high enough on a bluff where, yes, the beach will be low. And the, so I, I didn't want to be like one of those houses where you walk out. I was like, ah, and then there's like thousands of people in the summer because <laughs> that would defeat the purpose for me. But it's there that I can see the sea and it's right below. So if I, when it's quiet, I'll dip down and have a swim in the sea or something. Oh, it sounds, it. That sounds amazing. I'm sure, you know, Alex, you could come up here. I heard that you can actually come to BC right now if you say that you're going to Alaska. If you're on the way to Alaska and you oh. could literally fly through and stay and you guys could stay here for the summer. They couldn't boot you out. Yeah, I know, but you think they probably think about that, what is being thought of by now. Wouldn't they say, okay, we'll take you to your gate now for the Alaska flight? <laughs> and then I'm like, no, wait, what? And then you're like, <laughs> I know. I know, Nicole, I- you had a question for Alex. I did. I wanted to ask, based on the knowledge you have now, what advice would you give your younger self getting into the industry? <laughs> as an actor question. or as a rep? <laughs> as a rep. As a rep. As a rep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I would have said, and, and this is harder to do, I think, and this is kind of a catch-22, chicken and egg here, which was, if I could choose it, if I could say now, don't follow the herd and do whatever, and sign what, who everyone says you should sign, or this is the trend now. Always go, I wasted so much time at the beginning doing what I was kind of told um, about you? who I should, yeah, I know. Told who I should do. When I joined <laughs> those big companies, you know, they said, you know, focus on signing this look or this, it. and I remember thinking to myself, that's just not, but I never remember thinking, and I won't, they'll remain nameless, looking at those actors, I remember thinking to myself, I am not going to do a good job for them because I don't have the passion. So yeah. completely sign on who you believe in. Don't sign on who you think is right. Even if they're inherited and they've already had a career, if you don't admire them as an actor or you don't relate to them, how are you going to sell them with passion? You okay. can't. doesn't mean other people don't love them. It's just, yeah. I don't like, you know, you may not like fish and I like fish. Or you may like beef and I don't like beef. It's just a personal, or that piece of art, you know, the, the, the green the green, um, you know, canvas with the white dot in the middle and people staring at it for hours. I don't get that. Other people <laughs> will get that, right? I'm like, I'm not an idiot. You know what I mean? No, I could well, do what that. appeals to you might not appeal to someone else and vice versa. I think you and mm-hmm. I look for true actors, not just performers. We don't like one level. We want to no. see chameleons. We want to see you change. Yeah, layered people that can do layered. everything. I'm going to give yeah. a quick shout out for Elizabeth Adams, a good example of that. You know yeah, she's I mean? amazing. Yeah, one of our clients one. we share. Yeah, she's she's complicated and great, but she has the training. Do you see my point? And the mm-hmm. uh, the layering, and 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 she's a little bit unusual, and that's interesting to me. I don't want the eh, you know the yes people. <laughs> yeah. I don't need that. You know what I mean? No one, no one needs to show me who you really are when you're not there. Tell me you're uncomfortable doing press, by the way, which by the way, I should be shot to say, because you need someone if they're going to be a big star that can market a movie or a film or a TV show. So you want someone that can do that. Mm -hmm. But these days, the ones that are uncomfortable with press are usually the ones the better actors that that just want to act. It's all about the acting to them. That's who I want. It's about the craft, not about what you look or what you portray. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be you. Yeah. Good sure. advice. I miss you guys up in Canada. Please come and rescue me. Send someone quickly. I'm dying. <laughs>